Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. How are we all doing? Mikey Stafford here. I'm joined by Kieran Whelan and as always, Rory O'Neill to look ahead to the weekend's football. Lads, how are you doing? Good, Morning, Mikey. Mikey. Very good. Um, unlike the hurling last weekend, there is there's lots to play for in pretty much all four divisions. You've you've really only got Kerry and and Down, whose fates are sealed at this stage. Um, we will have our Swiss Jacob on a little later to look ahead to the um, the hurling semi-finals and relegation playoffs. Um, but we might start Wheelow with Division 4 because not for the first time, the bottom, the basement division is getting kind of, it's it's getting slightly screwed over here um, for reasons, probably innocently enough, it started with London booking flights, I would imagine, <laughs> but to get, to, to, uh, to get over and play their match on Saturday night, I could imagine there's very practical reasons for that. Um, so that match stood out like a sore thumb was the one game on the Saturday at first. And basically the way that division is looking, Kavanagh top, Tipperary are second. If Tipperary get a result against London, if they beat London, the division is over because nobody can catch Cavan. So it was looking like there was there was a good chance that there were, there's going to be three dead rubbers on Saturday, which is no good for anybody. Um, they've changed it now. Cavan uh, and Watford are playing at 6pm on Saturday and Carlo and Wexford, which is the most dead of dead cat rubbers there ever was, is at one o'clock. But that still leaves one match outstanding on the Sunday, which is Sligo v Leitrim. Um, two teams with aspirations of qualification, but not if Tipperary beat London. So it's yeah. it's a pretty crap situation for the Sligo Leitrim players, really, isn't it? It, it is. And, and, and I think it's, it's hard. I suppose, listen, yeah, you get all the challenges like around London and travelling. And I know their their games have always been earlier, maybe on, on, on Sunday sometimes. And for different reasons, there might be challenges in that regard. The one thing that sticks out for me over the whole weekend is like we're potentially looking at the most exciting weekend we've had, you know, and probably the most exciting weekend we will have until maybe uh, the last stages of the championship. We'd be very and where everybody is out playing. There's so much to play for. Uh, there's still each division has something going on in it. And when I looked at the fixtures, I was thinking, why are they all on Sunday? Why are they? All, what, they're all at the same time, you know. Uh, and and you you know you look I think particularly even the league finals you'd always have the division three league finals on Saturday three and four and one and two on the Sunday it was I, I always think it's a great opportunity you get to see four matches they're all generally televised uh, great opportunity great profile for the teams why didn't we just have division three and division four on Saturday mm. and, you know there's been a lot of games played on Saturday over the last couple of weeks so. I don't, I don't understand the logic. You know, I think it's very, very important that you finish out every team starts at the same time. That's hugely important. So you know, creates that atmosphere before the game. Teams know what they have to, they have to get a result. They're reliant on other results. They don't know how it's going. So everybody's fully 100% committed. But why not have all Division 3 and all Division 4 games on Saturday and have Division 1 and Division 2 on Sunday or even 1 and 3 and 2 and 4, whatever way you want to do it. I just can't understand the logic why every team has to play on Saturday. Maybe there's maybe there's some reason. Maybe there's some reason. I'm not so sure. Maybe Rory, you have any? In, in no, like there wouldn't really be. Even uh, even from a broadcasting perspective, not really. Like not because Sunday. you like like you wouldn't be. Look, with all due respect, you just don't drift down into divisions three and four from a broadcasting point of view. So you're not beholden to broadcasting slots. Like you do have that flexibility, certainly with three and four to go on Saturday and. Um, like you pick up mass radio coverage, you probably, you know, you, you might even, you know, like by moving into that, moving into that slot, you, you might get it. You, you know, I don't know whether ourselves or TG Cahar might have been able to TG Cahar flat to the mat, as I say, this yeah. weekend. But, but like it, it was, yeah, Division 3 and 4, there's no, I don't actually see any reason why they could not have all been played on Saturday. Mm. Spread it across like, the weekend. Is this, like, is this not a, Looking ahead to the year ahead and the Talton Cup, you know what I mean. That's what you know, occurs to me. It doesn't it, augur well for the Talton Cup, yeah, does it? If this is no, division four is being treated, you're going to have hurling round robin. You're going to have championship games. You're going to have back doors. You're going to have Talton Cup. It's a much more compact season. There's going to be numerous games going every uh, every weekend. 
you know, having them all kicking off on Sunday, you know, um, from a promotional perspective, just doesn't 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 work from from my perspective, and 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 you, I just can't understand. I, but you know, Saturday games I think are great. Uh, I think the players even probably prefer the Saturday games as well. A lot of them mm-hmm. probably prefer to be playing Saturday evening at five o'clock. Uh, we're nearly back. You know, you know. I know that the clock hasn't gone back, so that you're not. But you've you've light now till about half seven. You, you have light till yeah. six o'clock or so. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I can't understand why they couldn't be on on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't augur well for the talent where. I think there's an onus on everybody to give it the promotion it deserves because everybody that that pushed for change was very adamant about recognizing that it has to be treated the same with its own all-star awards and its own promotion and um, that's that's why I just can't understand why it's not and the other and the other problem then as well the converse problem we load to that is when you do put them in when you do put divisions three and four in on the Sunday with they get squashed and they get squeezed because a lot of the focus is obviously for good reason. Oh, totally, they're, they're vision swans. one and yeah. two, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so yeah. it would have just freed them up a little bit. But anyway, um, on division four, as I mentioned, Cavan do look almost home and hose. There's only one kind of kind of quirk that could see Cavan if Cavan lose at home to Waterford, um, Tipperary uh, draw with London, and then Sligo or Leitrim. <laughs> So I go or Leitrim win, then they all end up on ten points, and actually, Cavan's um, scoring difference is a uh, well. I I'm still not sure how it would really happen. Jeez, I was going to say, Mike. I was going to say, Mike. Fair play, you for working out that conundrum. We 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 were discussing it uh, on. Uh, we were we were trying to work out the tables, etc. On uh, and on Sunday when the reports were coming in, and it was Jim McMahon actually. You know, a lot of people would know, and actually sets a lot of the quiz questions and is a very good analytical mind for these. Things. But I said, Kavanagh, are up. Why are we saying they mightn't get qualified? And he actually figured out there is one way that Kavanagh couldn't go up. But he's like he's like he's like the RT Sports version of Rain Man. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so look, uh, Kavan, be, like Kavanagh are going to be water for the home. Yeah. Yeah, that sets that. I think Sligo are the only ones, but oh, an outside chance if 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 Tipperary were if Tip were to slip up, yeah, which isn't like London almost caught Cavan last week. I know you know they're strong in Royce, but they have been good. So considering the form of um, Leitrim at times, London have been kind of a revelation considering the expectations, and um, Leitrim have done well. Sligo have been shooting the lights out. They've a score difference of plus thirty four. Um, credit has to go to both Mickey Graham and David Power, who were kind of expected by most people to come up. Um, but Rory, it is a sticky wicket division for it's a graveyard of many a hope and expectation. Yeah, and I think Tipperary had a bad start. Did they lose Awful the Leitrim start, below yeah. and Turles? Tipperary have only got the on in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. they lost they lost the Leitrim below and Turles. And they had a draw as well. The, yeah, so they were, you know, the old engine kind of cranked up a little bit slower than what they would have liked. Um, Funnily enough, I was just looking for him to do a small little job for us there recently. So I just out of curiosity, I rang Michael Quinlevin and uh, International Dial Tone and he answered in fairness to him. He said, Rory, I'm in New York. I, I won't be home. I won't be coming home until September. So um, so he's over in America. And I like, I mean, I was only looking there. He's only 30 years of age. I mean, you think he's an all-star and it's a double loss. Did he win an All-Star of the year? They got they won the Munster Championship. He certainly has one All-Star from 2016. So that was a big loss to them. And they lost a couple of other their mainstays over the last few years. Lads just basically came to a natural end. So there's been a massive evolution going on within the panel as well. And there would have been a lot of pressure on them. Because they probably copped quite a bit of a, quite a fair bit of flack on the back of actually winning that Munster Championship and then getting demoted down to Division Four might have been a false position for them too to a certain extent they think there's enough good footballers in Tipperary that they shouldn't be down a lot there. of turnover though the last couple of years a lot of turnover but I think look there's their their standard if they can get back to where they are given the pick and given the interest in football in Tipperary which is bigger than what people think actually you know Tipperary have you know they have they've a, their club scene is pretty strong we saw that with Clonmel commercials a few times and Lockmore Castellani acquitted themselves quite well given the fact they were going um, they were going on both fronts this yeah. year having won the double in Tipperary so um, yeah I think look they're probably just yeah I think they've answered a lot of that criticism and they've kind of gotten their status back maybe to where they're 
to maybe to where they should be really and I think from here now they need to build on that again try and get yeah. back up to division two right we'll, we'll we will come back to divisions two and three but I do think we'll it's uh, division one is, is it's very interesting this weekend um obviously oh, you've got carrier in the final fair enough uh Mayo and Armagh are on the same number of points Mayo have the the head-to-head advantage there and they're playing Kildare a home game in Carrigan Shannon and Armagh Interestingly, we were talking about how Donegal don't lose in Bally Buffet. They don't very much. Unfortunately for no, Donegal, this game's in Letterkenny, <laughs> which is a bit unfortunate for them. And then the the game that probably is most people are kind of keeping an eye on then is Monaghan v Dublin in, in Clonus. Uh, Wheeler, what are your own memories of Clonus for league matches, being the away team in Clonus? It's, it's, it's a very, it, it's a much loved ground, but I wonder is it much loved by visiting teams? I think, Mikey, I think I played two league games in Clonus over my career and I got sent off in both of them, as far as Not a great memory ground, to be honest with you. Uh, oh, listen, like, the thing about Monaghan, I suppose you look at Monaghan and they've been, they've been very up and down throughout the league, you know, very poor, obviously, against Kildare, even though Kildare were excellent, very poor against Kerry. Um, they kind of remind me of, you know, you know, that fell in everyone's group that can just drink pints and has wooden legs and they're always there. They never go away. That's what man and I'm like. They're, they're always knocking about the place. Everyone yeah. expectation that they're going to drop at some stage, but they but they, they don't. And they're resilient in fairness to them. And they've, I know people find it condescending when you say they punched above their weight, but in terms of their population pick, they have. And that's huge credit to them. Um, Dublin are going up there you know, watching Dublin the last couple of weeks, like they've definitely improved, no doubt about it. Um, they've got a structure back in their defence. They're playing a deeper line. Uh, they're not pressing out in the middle third like they were. They're backing off. They're, they're, they're getting bodies into the scoring zone and they're more disciplined in the tackling. They're not giving up the goal chances they were in the early part of the league. Now, a lot of that is Fitzsimons is back. Uh, Johnny Cooper is back. You know, big leaders in defence. James McCarthy is the back. Main man. McDade, Robbie McDade is back. So they really, when you compare the Dublin team from the start of the league to what will probably go up there Sunday, huge difference. So, and I think even up front, they've been a lot more direct in terms of Cormac Costello going up. Fellas, they've been getting strike runners in. Sean Bugger has been very, very good. And Howard and Fenton were very good at the weekend. So, Dublin, with apart from Conal Callan, are nearly at full tilt now in what they have. There's still question marks in terms of the depth. Did Desi Farrell find any new players who he can trust come the summer? They're still the question marks, in my view, hanging over them. But they won't get anything easy up to Monaghan. And, or Monaghan, to me, I saw them very good against Armagh. I thought they should have beaten Armagh. Uh, they were excellent the first half. They were very good in patches against Donegal as well. And when they when they perform, when the likes of Darren Hughes has has a big game, the Hughes brothers, McInnesby and 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 McCarthy, I think have been excellent to half back. Like they're very very well organised, um, and they won't make it easy. Uh, like I I I you, you always have to admire the heart that Monaghan have, and they kind of step up on the big occasion when it matters. So I think that's a tough assignment for Dublin going up there, uh, and I would expect Dublin to come out of but just. Better the players they have back and their form but it won't be easy it won't be easy I think uh, you say you, you say you're wondering about the new fellas who are in I know he's not exactly straight out of the box new but I would be interested in your take as a former midfielder on how Tom Lahif did you know the, the jury seemed to be positive on him last weekend anyway yeah he did do well Mikey and uh, you know to his credit like he, he had a few shaky moments last year when he was brought into the team and stuff like that and I think He's the perfect example of a guy who's now beginning to feel more comfortable in the environment. You know, we forget, we really forget that on somebody new coming into a team of that status and the expectation and the bar that you're supposed to get to. And the pressure. And the pressure, exactly. Yeah. So he's he I think he's he's looking a lot more comfortable and confident than what he's trying to do. And I think that's been yeah, it's certainly been an area of Fenton Fenton to me needs a a full-time partner with him uh, and they need to bed somebody down so whether that's Lahif or Howard Howard was excellent last week as Brilliant. well you know kicked three great scores and fielded a few great balls you know they need to commit to somebody in that role and stick with them with Fenton because 
uh, Fenton needs that support uh, this year. And uh, yeah, Lehifas, he has, he's been probably the one bright light that has kind of uh, developed. But like he did play last year, he's a, he's had plenty of game time. Mm. He'll take plenty of game time, you know what I mean? But as I said, probably the only concern for Dublin as they, you know, going in probably to the championship. Obviously, they have to, they have to win on, on Sunday and it won't be easy, but it's, it's whether that depth, whether they have developed that depth throughout the league campaign for a serious tilt when it comes to the crunch with 15 minutes to go and you're bringing all five lads off the bench. That to me is the biggest question mark. Yeah, which obviously was the strength, Rory, of Dublin over you know the last decade was that you know Kerry Mayo would be get awful close, could be leading in the last 10 15 minutes, and the Dublin bench was always key. Mm. Yeah, but I suppose again, they like how, how much of a test are they going to get in Leinster? Like, if they can save their division one status, I think that'll be objective number one achieved, and then they'll basically look at Leinster. Chances are they probably like they'll Kildare will give them socks of it if they two cross paths most likely in a Leinster final. And Dublin can kind of start planning for that now. Let's be perfectly honest. So, by the time they get to the middle of June. Um, when they know they're going to have three games from there, they're going to meet a tough team. And it, and it will be a tough team in the qualifier this time around because of obviously there's only two rounds of qualifiers as opposed to four given the Talchin Cup's arrival. So then like your Ireland series is going to be hard won. They'll then, so, so what you're looking at, they know they're going to probably be in a quarterfinal. Let's be perfectly honest. You can't not see a, the, the last eight with, mm. without Dublin. And from there, they're going to meet a tough team in a quarterfinal, probably Kerry in a semifinal, and then the winners of uh, Connacht Ulster in a final. And that's where, as Wheelo said, that's where the, the real test comes. But I suppose they still have time. They still have th- two to three months, certainly eight or nine weeks, to get more football into the likes of Lee Gannon, to get more football, maybe. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen Kieran Archer at all. We really. he's just gone off the gone off the scene completely. I know he's still very young. Um, yeah, he's still young. I think he's had his injury challenges as well. He got a, he got a run there earlier. I think it was Kerry didn't come on against Kerry and Tralee. I think, and then he has yeah. a team, but I don't know whether that's injury related. But he, you know, he's cer- he's certainly won that you think Desi would have looked at a little bit more. He hasn't got much of a chance. So I think it has to be maybe that he's had injury challenges over the time. Mm-hmm. So he still has a little bit of time to just flesh that panel out because I think we spot on when you get into certainly the last, the last eight, last four, and even, even further onwards, you're definitely going to need more than your first 15 to get you over the line. Yeah. Um, which worth highlighting, I can't go through every game, but the unique situation of Kildare, who are, as we mentioned, are away to Mayo in Carrick and Shannon. There's one interesting, one interesting fact on it, Mikey. It's their first meeting in league or championship since Newbridge or Nowhere. Right. Mm. Okay. And there was there just about go. that there last you, night, which is... And uh, considering and what Kildare... It's in Carrick and Shannon now. It's yeah. in Carrick and Shannon, <laughs> yeah. Newbridge to Carrick. Uh, yeah. We get Christy Moore on the case. Um, it's like considering, you know, Kildare raised... 24 white flags or most since beating Kil- Kilkenny in 1990 through that stat out on, on Monday. Um, and they're playing, you know, Mayo who are obviously, you know, kind of tend to be involved in, well, barring last week against Tyrone, can, can be involved in some barn burners. It could be a very interesting game, but Kildare are interesting because if they win and Armagh lose in Donegal um, in, in Letterkenny, um, then they could be, they will be into a league final. But at the same time, if they lose, um, there's a good chance they could be relegated. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're really walking a tightrope there, Wheeler. Yeah, that's going to be the craziness of Sunday. And I'm looking forward to it. That, you know, I'm sure they're coming up and they're not thinking about the league final. I'm sure that hasn't been discussed. I think they'll be just looking for performance. Their, their form has come at home uh, in their home games. You know, that's where they've, got, that's where they've garnished their points. Um, and brilliant performance last week. And as you said, Listen, we said at the outset of this league that these lads would have them humming and they get the most out of them in terms of the management team they have. Um, and you can see that they're 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 playing, they're playing for the management, uh, they're enjoying their football. Um, and and that's sometimes that's half the battle when it comes to uh, setting up an inter-county team. And they go there with 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 as good a chance, like Mayo, Mayo. I was puzzled by Mayo last week. Uh, I was puzzled by the team selection. Um, I know that 
like James Horn has obviously developed great depth and he's brought through new players and brought through them very quickly and transitioned them very, very quickly. And he deserves massive credit for that. And he has great depth. Okay, some of the players he's introduced are they of, you know, the the Oshin Mullen or the Colin Boyle or the Keith Higgins standard, you know, maybe not yet, you know, as much as um he's still working on them and he's still developing them. Um, but I just thought last week going to Tyrone, I was surprised by, you know, he rotated a few players. He played Aidan O'Shea, you know, as a sweeper. Um, no, he didn't, he didn't play particularly bad. He was solid enough in that role, but I, I was still trying to get my head around it, if I'm being honest. Uh, thinking of drier ground and when 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 the summer comes, is is that an optimum position for him? Or, or for me, I wouldn't think so. Um, and it was like as if he, he he went up to Tehran to experiment and maybe thinking that a win at home, Kildare will will be enough, and it will be enough, but. Now you have Kildare coming full of confidence um, and uh, that game will be probably quite open the way Mayo play. Mm. It will probably might suit Kildare um, and, and suit forwards and, and, and 24 points last week. So I potentially think that is, has could be the game of the weekend. And he said you could have a minute to go where Kildare could be relegated and into injury time they could be in a league final. That's the madness of this weekend. Uh, and, thing uh, with the thing with the thing thing with James Horn, we love, and like he has a tendency to do this. Is one of the things I love about him as a manager. Like he'll just he's 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 he'll, he'll he's try things. He's balls. <laughs> he has it. Like he will. He doesn't care about convention. He'll yeah. say, right, I'm gonna gonna try this. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, sure. Look, what, what have I got to lose? He's got, you know, like, but and and I'm just wondering. Does that play to his strengths in some way in that it would it also would maybe leave opposition teams and managements slightly questioning what the hell is this guy gonna what's he gonna put yeah, what, no, what, yeah, what like, kind of what kind of stroke is he gonna put this like you have you have, you have to you have to credit him Rory because oh, yeah he he I, I'm not criticizing him it was just it was a little bit puzzling if if they really wanted to get to a league final Tyrone were there to take him last weekend. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is even with the team selected. And even lacking that bit of firepower front, and I know they were very poor in the final third, very poor in the final third. They were still in the game. Yeah, yeah. To go, you know, because Tyrone weren't great either. It was 10-9 with a couple of yeah, minutes and, to go. And, yeah. and to me, it looked like I said, this is draw written all over it. And you're thinking, geez, if Mayo get out of here with a point after going up to Healy Park and after having made a few changes and, you know, experimented in the full and experimented. And, and left a few guys out and, and freshened them up. You would have been saying, "Fair play." I, I, I think the they didn't I, think, the I think to solve that puzzle, <laughs> uh, they didn't. I, 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 really, I don't think they're going to not try and win this match this Sunday. But I, I also, yeah. I don't know how bothered they are with the league final. <laughs> like, well, it's hard yeah. to say. It's hard to say. You wouldn't be exactly. accusing them of throwing it, especially with what's on the line for Kildare and the teams around them by any means. Yeah. But now, having, having said that, Mikey, though, like I think when they won the league a few years ago, it was it, it was a statement. It was a national competition mm-hmm. to Crow Park and win. No harm to go up against Kerry yeah. again, considering what's going yeah. to come at the end of the championship, either, yeah. is it? Yeah. 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 But then he, he could experiment in the league final again. You know, <laughs> as a depth of player, Aidan O'Shea could end up in goal. It's <laughs> about the only place he hasn't started at this stage. Right, let's we'll, we'll have a quick mention of Division Two. Um, we won't do, bother do with we the have, top. Do of, we have to? We won't. Actually, it's even worse though. We won't even bother talking about the top of it because we did so much of that on I Monday. Know, it know. is basically awfully in Cork, shootout. and we, we we've discussed Cork a bit. So I was wondering, Rory, has has our former colleague Tomas O'Shea been giving you any insight at all into Offaly? No, He's gone very quiet, Wheelow, hasn't he? He's uh, he has, he's, yeah. he's gone yeah. very, very quiet. And I, I look rightly so. I mean, they're, this is probably the biggest game they're going to play probably all year, really. I mean, unless, look, obviously they get relegated to the Talchon and go on a run there and who knows what could happen then. But it is a massive game. and um, It's not beyond them. <laughs> it's 50-50. <laughs> it is a straight-up 50-50 game. And, like, if you were to, you know, I mean, they're at home. They... They've had a good win uh, a couple of weeks ago going up to down. I thought Cork struggled at times against down last week, if that's your barometer. Now, what way their confidence will have taken a bit of a, a, bit of a d- uh, denting um, on the back of um, the beating from oh. Roscommon last weekend? You, you don't really know. I mean, look, Roscommon have been pretty consistent all year round and maybe Kerry, or sorry, uh, uh, Offaly would have just effectively looked at their league campaign as as a mini league between themselves down Cork and 
and Mead, and they would have just looked to get their four or five points from that. And look, I suppose in the, from their point of view, no, it's a, a brilliant opportunity given their under 20 success last year. If they can be a fairly, fairly average Cork team, right? They can beat them at home. They stay up, and it's as simple as that. And I give them a good chance, to be honest. They drew. They drew with Meath there as well. Now I know Meath have been very slow to get going, but um, so they've a they've a win away. We love they, they've a, they've a draw at home, and you know, tomorrow's a nice very, stadium. They should get a good crowd. They were very aggrieved at the end of that uh, match against Meath. I think they felt you know refereeing decision went against them, and they and they, square ball goal wasn't uh, like, right, yeah. I I. I I hated playing O'Connor Park. Now, obviously, we was, we was playing against the Offaly team in the nineties, and they baked the shit out of you down there. And <laughs> the league game in, Off- in O'Connor Park was certainly not where you wanted to be. Um, but listen, they're at they're at home, and and, and Cork haven't travelled particularly well. Um, and you know, sometimes coming off the back of a defeat um, can focus the mind and can raise lads. You know that you know that they they can. Listen, they know this is a dogfight, and this, this is, this is, this is their season. Um, like, if you had offered them this before the league yeah. began, Wheelo, if you had said to them, "You've got Cork yeah. at home to stay up," I think yeah, they, they would have taken. Would have taken. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they've got. Listen, they've doubled in the first round of the championship, which is going to be so. That's that's going to be difficult for them. So this is this is about trying to get in that back door by by staying up. Now, having said that, you know, again, whoever wins doesn't. Necessarily Make the championship in case, and if someone gets to a provincial final, third last team. Yeah, no, you're, you're no, really no, on no, the bubble. No, no, everybody. No, you're guaranteed they'll just make an exception there and they'll extend it out. Is that yeah. for this year only, Rory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, oh, the the championship will get the Sam Maguire will get bigger and the Challenge Cup will get smaller. Is, Correct. Is, is is that just for this year? Because we clarified that a couple of weeks ago. And we were... uh, I'm not too sure if it's just for this year because obviously be. the, uh, because obviously the champ there's a, there's a restructuring to the format again next year. Um, but certainly for this year, if you manage to stay in Division Two, you will be in the qualifiers. They'll just what they're going to do, because I've already looked at this. Because we may be, we may end up having to cover one. They'll have a preliminary qua- round qualifier. So nice. you'll have your rounds one and two. But if there's like two teams or three teams that end up managing to, to make a provincial final, then they'll have a prelim qualifier as well. So. We did check that formally a few weeks ago and, and oh, they clarified it for us afterwards yeah, because I'd say yeah, there was a few people clarified get slash changed their mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, just to note that um a draw will do for Cork. So Catanaccio, 15 men behind the ball, Rory, play for nil nil. yeah. And I think I, I think the most intriguing thing about it is I'd say if both teams were offered this at the start. I'm not too sure. Cork maybe should have a little bit more ambition, but certainly the way the league panned out in the first few games, like to get the win last weekend, obviously gives them the chance now to maintain. And like, and I think a lot of people, I, I've heard a few other people mention this as well, and I would 100% agree. It isn't so much the relegation to the Talchin that's going to do the damage here. It's the fact that you have to spend next year in Division 3. I think like if you have any ambitions in terms of your long-term development or even your medium-term <coughs> development, you need to be playing at the highest level possible in terms of keeping players, stopping that persistent turnover of players, lads leaving panels, etc., lads going to America. So I think actually Division 2 football three, is the bigger prize than the trap door down to the Talchin. Yeah, um, well, very interesting anyway. Right, we'll let you go now in a, wheel, a minute, Wheel. I'll just a quick mention of Division 3, where um, if only I was a gambling man, my, my tip, Lows, are looking pretty good. Um, they, get a, they get a win now this weekend um, away to Wicklow uh, in Fortress Ockram and they're home and hosed. And then Limerick get a win and they are also up against Fermanagh. If Limerick and Loud don't win, it opens the door for Antrim and Westmeath, who are playing each other in Corrigan Park. So, um, I think, uh, you listen, you, 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 you would fancy Loud to, to make something up against Wicklow, who have been struggling. You, I think Mickey Hart does deserve massive credit. Lads, you know, back to and a new two-year contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, yesterday, yeah. Loud, he's, he's staying there until 2025 already. But, yeah. yeah, like, I know, I think Loud went from two to three to four they slipped quite quickly uh, did. in a couple of years so he like he's brought them back to the division two which is a huge achievement and and it, obviously it, like let's be honest about it will make them more competitive going into the leinster championship with the momentum they have 
uh, know they've been samurai has got a lot of a lot of best goals, but I, I I think you fancy them to come through and Limerick um you know they've got to be Fermanagh simple as that if 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 they don't they let Antrim in the back door if they beat Westmead I think um so uh, you know again that would be a great achievement I think for Billy Lee to to to, to get promotion division two that probably be I I don't know where, where's the statistician but if Limerick got up probably that first time in division two and. Oh, probably um, since the last reorganization of it anyway. I, I'd yeah. say a long, long time. They are um they're impre- they're an interesting case, Limerick as well, because um our own Damien Lawler uh, did a story for the, the website a few weeks ago and uh they they have kind of mimicked the hurlers and that they've brought in development squads and they've a center of excellence and you know kind of they're they're kind of copying what the hurlers did, but those none of those development squads have hit senior age yet so actually the work that the real work that's been done at Indrage by Limerick hasn't actually come to fruition yet Rory so there's actually mm-hmm. you know there's real signs of of growth and optimism in Limerick because they are developing thanks to pretty much the work of Billy Lee but as soon as the development squads come of age he's going to have a new stream of talent coming through well, at least that's the logic which would be you know obviously a huge boost to them as well and 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 I think it would be a big boost for Munster football. Look, we all know it lives in the shadow of the Hurling Championship down there. And I think if you've Tipperary promoted, Limerick promoted, if Cork managed to stay up and carry her in the league final, you know, is Munster the new Ulster? <laughs> <laughs> Steady. No. I know, I know, we won't get carried away there. But yeah, no, I think they've done a really good job. They, though they, they really need to finish it off this weekend. That won't be easy. I think there's going to be a real sense of injustice within Fermanagh. I think they will want to um, make no, a bit of a statement. Week. Yeah, they'll want to make a bit of a statement, and I think they're very angry. Um, so Limerick would want to be on their guard there. But like, mm-hmm. they've, they've, not, they've not to play for the Rory, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a factor. It's a yeah. bit of a dead rubber for Fermanagh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's part of the reason why I think there could be a bit of anger there because had that point been given, they would have something to play for. But anyway, look, I think they just need to be a small bit under guard. Um, and like, look, you'd wish him well. Um, and I think it'd be, as I said, now it'd be a big boost for football down there and it would show that they're going the right direction. Yeah. And at the other end then, obviously, it's very much looking like uh, Longford and Wicklow desperately need wins. Wicklow at home to Louth, as we mentioned, and Longford are away to Leash and Leash can certainly get sucked into that if Longford get a win. So um, Leash will be relegated, basically, if Longford get a win. So a it's, it's interesting. For Leash. It would be, yeah. Uh, um, been a tough season anyway i think we've kind of wrapped it up there there's obviously a lot to play for uh we'll uh, let you off uh, it'll we'll be, be a great now. weekend of football though it really yeah. will be fantastic. fingers crossed hope no you enjoy it take Talk care to you later. cheers we we're back and we'll be joined by ursula jacob how are you ursula hi mikey i'm good thanks um, I suppose we can't really start. We haven't. I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you anyway since since your uh, your disappointment um, in the club final. Um, you haven't hung up the hurl yet, anyway, because there was an awful lot of speculation from me and others. Asher, half this team are just all going to walk away now. So, have there been any tough conversations yet, or have you leaving uh, well, that for I life? actually have officially uh, retired from from club as well. So that was the decision I had made, whether we won or lost, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the results. So, look, I've I've played senior camogie with with Owlert for twenty two years. So I don't say I haven't given enough. So from the age of fourteen right up until two weeks ago, um, camogie and playing with my club was a huge part of everything. And it obviously laid the platform then to play with Wexford. So I've had some brilliant days. We probably got more out of our camogie than other teams. You know, a few years ago, probably people would have said we were gone and we were past it and we were old and whatever. But I think we proved a point and look, we came up against an extremely uh, tough opposition. Sarsfields were, were excellent on the day and it was always going to be very hard to, to beat them again when we had only played them in December. Look, they learned a huge amount from that game uh, as well as we did. But I think sometimes maybe the hurt of losing the final drives you on for the next game. So yeah. look, it's not, you're looking for the fairy tale ending, but look, I've had some brilliant highs and I, I suppose I'm trying to focus on that now. Will, yeah. we, see the, will we see the banished orb uh, be broken out at some point, Ursula? 
down the line for down now line. Look, yeah. i'm not going to rush into any of that kind of management side you know i'm i'm still busy enough and it'll be nice to maybe get a little bit of a breather because it's been fairly manic and hectic and trying to balance so many things so it'll be nice you know cheering the girls on from the sideline rather than having the huge amount of commitment of of playing the game I, down the line, I'm sure it'll, it'll come. Rory, okay. I'd say I'd say the Enniscorthy Golf Club ladies team is about to get a serious influx of talent. That's what I reckon is going to happen. Well, the hand well the hand eye coordination is there anyway. Like so, we know that. Just need to you need to put the top yeah. you need to switch your top hand and away you go. Oh, um, <laughs> DJ DJ is DJ was it did I hear was DJ Carey a scratch golfer? He was, yeah, he was a serious he was a yeah, serious yeah. golfer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some of the best golfers are cack-handed, in my opinion. Um, as unless unless light-hearted notes, um, we we should really we can't really go on without noting the um pretty courageous interview Richie Power did yesterday with Tom Sniblock and the uh, BBC uh, podcast, the GA Social. Um, Rory, it's, unfortunately, it's it's nothing new. Um, the, you know the stories are 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 multitude and many from Oshie McConville. Niall McNamee, uh, Colin McCarran, um, David Glennon, I think. David Glennon, like, like, it's not that the GA is, is unusual in this. It, it's something that touches every, you know, every corner of society. But um, it just shows you how hard it can be to spot because this guy won eight All-Irelands, a lot of them being won while he had, like, you know, what he describes himself as a pretty crippling addiction. This is, and that's exactly it. It's the silent nature and the sort of invisible nature of it. I mean, look, if a fella has... If your fella is fond of the gargle or if he's, you know, like it, it's easy to spot if a fella is feeling down in the dumps, generally speaking, you can tell by his mood. The problem with something like a gambling addiction is it, it's something that's done pretty much in secret and can be done now by the convenience of your mobile phone. So I think, firstly, fair play to Richie, because I think the more people that highlight this, the more spotlight gets put on it and the more awareness comes in and around it in terms of then maybe putting proper supports in and it's the kind of thing I'm, and I know that in fairness look we might all have our gripes and gras with the with the GPA from time to time but I know they do put a lot of work in on this side of the, on this side of things in terms of helping lads out and trying to figure their way through when they get caught in a kind of a spiral which is what it tends to be I think um, from fair, as I said, fair play to him for having the courage and for having the honesty to actually get it out there. And I think he deserves a huge amount of credit for that. But um, yeah, I think it's just it's just an awful thing because it's, it's as I said, it's not something that, you know, you can be made aware of until the person themselves actually decides to confront it as an issue. And sometimes that can be very late. And the damage that it does sometimes is horrific, you know, because Ultimately, it can can be the family that ends up having to pick up the pieces on this. And you look, it's just it can, it can lead to very, very sad consequences. So I think, look, the courage that he's shown and the bravery that he's shown to get his story out there, I think is commendable and fair play to him for that. Yeah, um, he was our columnist for for a few years, Ursula, and he's just he's a fierce, nice fella, very kind of quiet spoken. Like a lot of these Kilkenny hurlers, you often wonder like how did they transform into what they were on the field because when you meet him off the, off the pitch they're just the nicest like most quiet spoken guy but like this like he was like just the the bloody mindedness he must have had to kind of to kind of come through like to manage to keep his passion going while he was being so hobbled I know myself, like, God, if I was there training the way, and you have something like that going on in the background, it's very hard. You would see on, on a number of occasions that it might affect people's performance. Um, but obviously, uh, Richie somehow was able to, you know, maybe when he got in the sports field or uh, for preparing for big games, he was able to some way separate it from, from you know, daily life. But Look, I, I have huge admiration for Richie. You know, I've, I've met him a couple of times and he's always a really honest, passionate guy. Um, and I'd say fair play to him because it's never easy to kind of open up like that. Um, and it just shows that maybe sometimes we think all is rosy. And I think it's becoming more and more common and it's a really prevalent issue. And as Rory said, uh, look, at fair play to the likes of the GPA. They do have that kind of support system there. And I think it is badly needed across the board both in, in men and women's games because 
brand where you see athletes, it can be very isolating at times when you're achieving so much and you're training and stop and you're looking for maybe a different focus too. And maybe when you're not able to go out on nights out with your friends, you're sitting. I think that's a really important point, actually, Ursula. I think I think you're that's very, very important point you made there. Um like a lot of these guys, we expect intercounty players, uh, male and female, to be almost to be to live almost monk-like existence now. Yeah. And you know they can't go they can't go out and have a pint because someone will take a photograph of them. So like they they're probably looking for other means by which to fill their time. And invariably, you this is one. Because as you said, you can now do it. Uh, yeah. You know, sitting on the couch using your phone, you no longer have to go into a Paddy Powers or wherever uh, to place these bets or do whatever. You can do it all from the ease of of home. So I think it does kind of stress the point that you know you you are looking for that balance. I think as a as a player, you know, and like sport is great and you want to achieve and you want to win, but you need the other outlets as well, and and that's so important uh, because if not, you can find yourself spiraling, you know, in in a dangerous position. So. Um, look, fair play to Richie, and and it's it's no doubt it'll help other people um, hearing how he may be struggling and how he's overcome it as well. Um, so just then we'll move on to the hurling at the weekend, Ursula. And um, listen, Wexford don't win many very many leagues. Um, haven't won one since God, fucking the seventies, isn't it? At this stage, um, let me see, seventy seventy three was the last time they won one. So I think Wexford are not one of these teams. Like, there's been a lot of talk about the league of late. That you know, does anybody want to win it? You know, obviously John Kiley wasn't very bothered with it, and there's many reasons why certain teams mightn't particularly want to play the extra two games. That's fair enough. But I, I certainly think here we pro- certainly in one semi final at Wexford and Waterford. I think we have two teams here for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Would would dearly love to make a league final and would dearly love to win a league final. Without a doubt, and I think both teams will be going all out for this. You know, you look for that for, from Wexford's point of view, Dara Egan, first year in charge. You know, you're when you come in as a new manager, you're wanting to create that momentum going into championship. And look, you can only say that Dara and his management team must be extremely satisfied with Wexford's form. And, um, you know, they're unbeaten. They're the only team left now that are unbeaten. Five wins out of five. Probably very few people a few weeks ago would have expected this and predicted this, but somehow in each game they've found a way, they found a winning formula. And you know, um, I think going into this game on Sunday, they're definitely going to be going all out uh, to, to get that victory because, as you said, Wexford is a county that is craving that success. You know, back in 2019 when they won that Leinster final, it was such a big deal for the county, for the team at the time. But they want to build on that as well. And look, I know the league for some teams and managers, it's, you know, it's for trialing, it's experimentation. But for Wexford, I do feel that they will be aiming to get back into a final because Wexford haven't won the league in how many years? Um, it'll put them in a good position uh, going into the championship. And I think, uh, especially when you're Dara Egan in your first year in charge, you're trying to, you know, cre- you know, create that momentum going forward. And I think if they could get a national title, it would be a huge deal for Wexford. But look, they have a really stiff opposition waiting for them. And Waterford, I think there is going to be a bit of a, you know, a bounce off them as well. Because as I said to Rory uh, just before we came on, there is that extra little bit of spice with these games because it's a Leinster and a Munster team facing off each other. The cross con- I think the cross-conference semi-finals. Yes really adds to it this weekend the fact that you haven't got two teams within the one province meeting each other does i think does it i think yeah. teams won't be holding back as much because mm. it would have to be much farther down the line before wexford and watford would meet in championship or kilkenny and cork so um i think that adds to it as well um and and i think nolan park is going to be a great atmosphere on sunday both counties are going to bring a huge amount of support yeah. Um, and Liam Cahill, you know, they, they only played there last Sunday against Kilkenny. And look, I don't think we should read too much into it either, that that, that loss to Kilkenny, because Watford were, were without a number of huge players. I think he will be looking to get some game time into some of the guys, maybe possibly Jamie Barron, Connor Prunty, maybe, depending on how their injury is going. But um, I think it's going to be a really intriguing battle between both teams, because I think they actually play quite similar with mm. this kind of running game, high energy, um, and fast moving with the ball. So um, I think they actually are two teams that play very much alike. And we, we've all seen Rory O'Connor and the damage he's doing with mm. Wexford. So it's going to be interesting who picks him up for Watford. Yeah, indeed. Um, Rory, the, 
Ursula hit on the point there that, you know, Wexford, like, Darrell, he's looking for, he's looking for momentum. And he hasn't really trialed too many players. Like, even that, like, that was a dead rubber against Cork last weekend. And, you know, it was, it was a very strong team he put out. He's, he's clearly happy enough with his 15 and probably happy enough with his first five after that. But there, there is a slight danger in that, isn't there, given the nature of the championship that injuries will happen, there's a likelihood of suspensions, etc. You, you need that bit of depth, and it's kind of, he's obviously decided momentum is what he's aiming for, and he's found his core group of players, but maybe there, there's a balance to be struck there, and maybe trying to find a couple more as well. I think there was method, though. I mean, if you're a new manager coming in, and you want to establish the way you want to play, and I do think there's a change in terms of how Wexford are playing from the way they were in under previous management. It's more of a blend of, yeah. <clears throat> so I think, you know, I think there is method to it. Like to, to bed in a new style, I think the best way of doing that is probably to go, like, like if you're chopping and changing constantly, it's very hard. It's very hard to do two things at once in an amateur sport to blood new guys and to change the way a team plays. I think what he, Look at what it looks to me like what he, he decided was, look, this is how I want him to play. So I'm going to go with the tried and trusted here in terms of fleshing out my panel and putting more depth into it. Look, I'll worry about that for 2023 and further on. And I think what he has done is I think there's a very clear and definitive uh, methodology now around how Wexford do want to play and I think that's what's made them so formidable so far now I mean they're five from five in the league which is it's some going I think look I think it's going to be um, a really really good contest on Sunday it's like like the two I think the great thing about these three games is I think there's going to be no holding back I mean we copped a lot of flack last weekend from for the way hurling was maybe you know a much smaller part of the show and i look i i make no apologies for that because i felt there was there was so little writing on it i would actually argue the complete opposite this weekend in that i think there's going to be absolutely no shadow boxing because there's no point you, you may as well go hammer and tongs this weekend and i think all three matches will see that and that's why i think look, from wexford's point of view he will stick with again pretty much the same team. He'll have his, you know, and like he's he has a little bit of depth in there. He still has Lee Chin to come back into the team, which will obviously add a little, you know, like you know, on what position mm-hmm. he plays. Obviously, you'd imagine 11. I presume 11, really. That's kind of is that Lee's best position? Probably half forward yeah. somewhere, either 11 or maybe even wing. Um, yeah. Someone, he's an excellent ball winner and obviously an all round brilliant player, but. I suppose for puck outs, et cetera, he's such a, a great target on the half-forward line. Yeah, Matthew O'Hanlon didn't start last week. Paul Morris, you know, you have... Um, so, like, he's... He, like it's not like he's got fifteen players and nothing else either. I think. Oh no, he's certainly got a yeah, squad. It's just yeah, you know you, how, how deep a squad you need. Yeah. Of Paddy Foley back in the panel this year, you know, it's a huge boost. He was a massive loss for Wexford last year, and look at he's such a driving force from that half back line. So I think he, that's a massive plus for Wexford having him back. Yeah, um, and then on the other side, obviously, or so we, we could be in danger of talking about Wexford uh, here uh, predominantly, which we, we won't do, obviously. We have a lot of love for our Southeast neighbours, and they have got a lot of love on this podcast, and I think they displayed it again last weekend that they may have lost to Kilkenny, um, but they were down to 14 men, and they did, like, they rotated a hell of a lot of their players again. Like, there's, like he's we're, we're in danger of repeating ourselves here, but the strength and depth in Watford... There's no question about it. Yeah, I I still reckon they're probably one of the top teams that have that kind of strength and depth in the panel. You know, he, he was trying to incorporate maybe a mix of experience and new guys last week. You could see Watford weren't going full tilt. I wouldn't be surprised if they had put a heavy block of training in, in advance of that game as well because they didn't seem to have the same energy uh, as, as previous weeks. You know, when you looked at them against Tipperary, they were hopping off the ground against Tip and, you know, were fully deserving of that 10-point win. Whereas last week, you know, they, they started really well and it was really positive and maybe they would have pushed on if Austin Gleeson had got that goal. But 
Um, I don't think Liam will be too concerned about last week's defeat. You know, as I said, he was missing maybe six, seven players that would be, you know, first time starters on the team. And he's got lots of options. And the thing about Liam Cahill, um, he seems to get the best out of his players. Um, you know, it was a massive thing when he decided to stay on this year again. I know it's been it's been spoken about lo loads, but the players really do fight for him. And you can see that kind of spirit coming through. Um, and I think there, there, will, there will be a little bit annoyed to have lost last weekend. And maybe they, that'll, there'll be a bit of a backlash this weekend coming into the, to the Wexford game. Um, but I'm really excited to see it because for me, Stephen Bennett has been like the standout player for Watford throughout the league. Obviously, he was rested last weekend. And as I previously mentioned, Rory O'Connor has been probably the standout player in the league overall. So I think we're really going to see some top class performances on Sunday. And I think some of the matchups are going to be really, really interesting as well. And two, two excellent managers for kind of tactical um, awareness too, if um, going into the game yeah um, so there'll be a big crowd in Nolan Park big crowd Sunday. I'd say there'll be a massive crowd there yeah. I'd say there'll be huge and like it's a brilliant pitch it'll have a great, it's a great setting you know yeah. and um, yeah look it's really one to savour there'll be a big crowd in Parky Cueve on Saturday night Roy it'll be it'll be night and day compared to compared to the crowd last Sunday anyway won't oh, it oh yeah, yeah I was looking there Mikey um, like look, look the reality is Kilkenny come down to Cork like the respect that you know, that like there's a great rivalry between Cork and Kilkenny and there'd be no love lost, but there'd be always respect, you know, and um, like Kilkenny coming down to Cork like that will, you know, that'll set the chins wagon. And I guarantee I, I'd be surprised if there's less than 15,000 in Parky Cueve. There could be more. I was looking there as well. There's no Premier League this week. There's no Liverpool. There's no Man United. There's no Irish rugby. There's no Irish soccer internationals we're talking about. There's and no Belgium. other distractions. Yeah, I know, but they're friendlies. <laughs> and we know we know what we think of international soccer friendlies. And I think that's five o'clock anyway. But <clears throat> like there's, there's nothing else on. The weather is purported to be good. I'd expect a big crowd, especially now. Like, I know I'd expect a big crowd. I'd expect two teams to pretty much pull up, put out full strength. We know the way Brian Cody thinks, and he'll certainly, you know, want, if he's coming out to Cork, he'll they'll they'll want to put on a show. Parky Cueve lends itself to um, it's just there's something about the place that kind of lends itself to a shootout, which I I don't know whether it's the pitch or whether it's the environs or where or what or the, the surface or whatever it is. I think um, quarter past seven. The best floodlights in the country outside of Croke Park. I think the atmosphere will be at crackling, um, and I'd and I'd expect timber. You know, yeah. and, and that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah, I, Rory, Rory's obviously discounting any size of an overlap between Leinster rugby fans and Kilkenny hurling fans, and he he might have a point. I think <laughs> yeah. they are they are playing Connacht at the same time. Oh, are they? But, yeah, but yeah. I would say the Venn diagram there, the uh, bit in the middle. I doubt that'll affect the attendance too much. Ursula, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, Kilkenny, we've been we've been kind of. Like people getting a bit carried away, like they they struggled again against Antrim in their first games. Oh, geez, I'm not sure. You know, the the, the Tipperary match wasn't up to much, but you know they don't go away. Uh, they're Leinster champions. They're 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 not very well thought of a lot of the time. We we seem to be willing them to be bad when they're not, but they have they figured a couple of things out. I think this league and one thing the revelation like Porrick Walsh at centre half forward five points from play the last day against Waterford. Um, like he he's like the Aidan O'Shea of the Kilkenny hurlers. Like he's kind of bounced around a little bit, but he seems to have found a home. Yeah, and that just shows the the talent that you know Padraig Walsh has and the ability to have that flexibility as well because he's equally as effective in, in the half back line as he is there in, in the half forward line. And even when Kilkenny were struggling at the start of the league, uh against Tipperary that day. He was standing out for him um, against Dublin as well. And then the last day against Watford, he was excellent. Each score seemed to be better uh, each time. And he was involved in the second goal as for, for Billy Ryan as well. So it's a massive plus for Kilkenny to have him in the attack. I probably would have felt at the start of the year, could they really afford to have him up there? Because were they strong enough defensively? But you can see the likes of the new guys coming in. Mikey Butler, outstanding the last day. David Blanchfield, the last couple of days, has been excellent. Uh, towering wing back. Um, and Richie Reid looked equally comfortable centre-back. So it's really going to add to the dimension in the forwards now for Kilkenny. You bring in TJ Reid into that attack. You've got Padraig Walsh, Owen Cody, who looks so fresh. 
um, and lively when he came off the bench the last day. Um, so there's three top class forwards and mixing them, maybe Billy Ryan, Mossy Keown, John Donnelly, Walter Walsh, who's coming back into massive form. Um, and that's a that's a big plus for Kilkenny too, because the last couple of years, the likes of Killian Buckley, Walter Walsh, maybe their form had dipped. Um, I don't know what it is this year. We've seen a new kind of lease of life, a new energy about them. Um, and they're really standing up uh, and they've been really you know, pivotal to, to Kilkenny's performances in the last couple of games. So that's a massive plus. Um, and if they can keep those guys injury free, it'll be a huge positive for Kilkenny yeah. going forward. And a certain TJ Reid may finally make his seasonal bow this weekend, Rory. Who knows? I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I you'd, you'd imagine that he won't start him, but like I, like I think most of the car crowd anyway will be heading down there on the hope that they'll get to see him at some point. Because again, look, I mean, you know, I think Don Logue once described him as someone who had the sort of the wrists of Frank Cummins, the brain of Christy Ring, and the skill of Nicky English, and all wrapped into one, you know, and just a sheer will to win as well. Uh, he's hard as nails. Just said, just said he was just like, I mean, he's right up there. So, um, but look, there's at the same time, you look, the clock is ticking. Um, you know, he keeps himself in unbelievable shape and unbelievable condition. And who knows, he may go on into his late 30s, and we all hope he does because we all want to see him play for as long as he, we, as he possibly can. I think the one there's a couple of questions I would still have around Kilkenny. Um, I think look, going up to Dublin is one thing. Um uh, that and that was fine. I mean, they gave Dublin a lesson and that and Dublin were very disappointing on the day. And then you obviously caveat last weekend where you're kind of wondering, wait, how much did Waterford really invest in it? I think we will know exactly, I think, after Saturday night where Kilkenny really stand in the greater scheme of things. And look, there's nobody doubting them. I just think there's a couple of questions still. I think the biggest question, I think, which kind of stretches back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final, which still persists to my mind, is they do struggle with a bit of pace in their defence. <clears throat> that is going to be tested big time. Now, look, we all know the ball moves faster than any man. That's all fine. But like the modern game is a possession game where the ball is run a lot more. Um, so on a big in a big pitch like Parky Cueve, you know, I think with given the team that and the personnel that Cork have at their disposal, I'd expect I'd expect them to be pulled all over the place in, in that defense. And it's going to be a really good test just to see if they can stand up to that. But equally, it's going to be a good test for Cork as well. And I think that's what makes it so intriguing. I would imagine both managers, once they realized they were playing each other, had a nice quiet chuckle to themselves because I'd I would hazard a strong guess. They were delighted. And I mean delighted with this fixture because if you win, brilliant. But even if you lose and you, you find out a few things with still three weeks to go to D-Day, brilliant. So I think it's win-win for everybody and particularly then for the crowd that goes because I think we should be in for a fantastic game. Yeah, the Cork deserve a lot of credit also, don't they? That you know, you know, like you shouldn't mourn a team that makes an All Ireland final. They're still in the top two in the country, but the nature of that defeat last, you know, last year really it stung. Uh, it could have left a mark. It could have scarred them, but they've been very impressive. They were they were without a defeat until they went down to Wexford. Probably a little bit like Waterford against Kilkenny. I wouldn't say their heart was fully in that match by any means of the weekend, but. They seem to have found more solidity in defence, which is probably the would have been number one on the shopping list for Rory and every other Cork Ireland fan. Without a doubt, and look, we've we've spoke over the last number of years, and even in particular after the All Ireland final, that they look very, you know, um, very open at the back, especially against Limerick, and they knew they had to probably address those problems. And I think some of the guys that they've introduced throughout the league has you know, added to the to that Cork defence. And obviously they're they're persistent and sticking with Mark Coleman centre back, but it's building a strong unit around him. And I think they they have, you know, the, the league has been very productive from a Cork point of view because it's allowed some players the opportunity and given management an idea whether or not they're going to be serious championship contenders to make the start in 15. Because look, we probably could go and pick 10 to 12 positions of the Cork team now, but it's that final two or three that, that, that can, could possibly make the difference come championship. And some of the guys coming in, Kieran Joyce, even Mark Keane up in attack, Brian Roach was in, in the team the last day, Darrell O'Leary in the full back line. 
I think it's building that depth in that cork panel and in particular in defence, it's going to be really, really important because in that Munster Championship, I know we're, we're only at league semi-final stage, but they have to keep one eye on the championship as well. And they are going to have to have that kind of strength and depth um, to kind of sustain those three, four weeks of heavy going in the Munster Championship. But it's been really positive for, for, for Cork. Um, you know, I would agree with Rory. I would have that worry for Kilkenny that the, the pace... Uh, and the running game that Cork play, I, I would, I would question: Will Kilkenny be able to sustain that? And look at Cork when they play in Parky Cleave. Really, when they open up those legs, look what they did against Clare. Look what they did against Galway down there. You know, they really just their movement is so so impressive. Their intelligence and use of the ball—that's what's so impressive. No one can ever deny that this Cork hurling team are not extremely skillful players but it's backing it up with that kind of physicality and it's just getting that mix and blend into the team and that's where I think the likes of a Kieran Joyce adds to it this year because I think he's well able to mix it uh he's a brilliant hurler but also very physical as well yeah and they'll get that physical test as you said Rory that uh, Kieran Kingston be very happy with this oh with I think I, I think both I think both man as I said I think both managements would have um, got into their cars after last Sunday in Wexford Park and in Nolan Park and had a wry smile to themselves going home, going, great, this is, you know, ideal. I mean, if you're, if you're let's say, Matty Kenny, you know, or if you're um, Cullen Bonner, you know, there's still loads of question marks there in terms of, you know, look, the league kind of petered out for us in a way that we weren't hoping you're now having to resort to A's versus B's. You might get a challenge match from somebody in Leinster, but you can't play anybody close to you. Or you might end up playing your under-20s or, or, or something, you know. But are you going to find out what you really need to find out, like in the way that Brian Cody and Karen Kingston are going to find out on Saturday night? I think they'll be thrilled with this game. And conversely to what some people might feel in relation to the league, I do actually think it's bubbling up at this particular point onwards. Obviously, last weekend was a bit of a damp squib. Um, but look, I think I think it'll make up for it come Saturday night. OK, um, finally, then uh, the Division One uh, relegation playoff, which is a, a huge game, obviously, arguably, you could say the biggest game has the most consequences of the weekend. And from Viofoli, and I, and I hate to start on a non kind of hurling point on this one, Ursula, but there, there's almost some shades here, not quite as drastic as the um, the Camogie Club semi-final here when the two teams were dragged down to Gorey. It's not quite that dramatic, but Antrim v Offaly in Navan, it's not the most neutral of neutral venues there could be. It's about it's about an hour's drive from Tullamore to Navan, I think, and it's, it's about two and a half hours. I saw some people on Twitter um, complaining to us Actually, you have nothing to do with the fixing of matches, people, by the way. Zero. This matches on TG Carr's YouTube page, and they don't we, choose the venue either. We, but, get, um, we, get, we get blamed for the weather. I know. But um, it does seem that maybe Newry would have been a fair... I don't know what Park Kessler is like for Hurland. I'm sure it's fine. Um, you know, it, it does seem sometimes Antrim, just by dint of where they are in the world, do get the short... The, you know, they get the sticky end of the stick sometimes, don't they? Yeah, it's... It does seem like a strange venue. When I saw it yesterday, I kind of said to myself, God, I don't know who would come up with that venue. You know, it's no disrespect or anything, but it, it definitely didn't seem like a halfway venue. And you can understand maybe some supporters and even Antrim, um, you know, wondering where, where would they just pluck this out of the sky or whatever. But uh, look, I suppose the players and management just have to kind of focus on getting ready for the big game. And I would say it is the biggest game at the weekend because... You know, Antrim, you know, you're, Antrim are, are competing well, you know, in the league. Now, obviously, they had a huge beating against Tipperary last weekend. Um, I, I didn't get to see the game, so I don't really know the ins and outs of it. But, they, you know, they, they were very close to beating Kilkenny and Wadford. Uh, probably that loss to Leash obviously proved crucial, whereas Offaly have really, really struggled, um, you know, making the step up from last year. And it would be disappointing from an Offaly perspective that they only came up this year and to go back down, um, it would it would probably knock them big time as well. So, you know, I, I suppose this week, the approach for both management teams, you're, you're obviously trying to prepare them for a big game, but confidence and morale probably isn't overly high in either camp. Um, you know, both teams came in for heavy defeats to Tip and Limerick last weekend. Uh, I think a lot of this week is probably mentally preparing for the game and getting things right from a mental perspective because 
if you're in the defense rider of those teams and you're after conceding so much and after getting so many beatings, it does knock your confidence. Um, yeah. And you kind of have to park it a little bit and get ready for the game and, and get yourself well up for it. And I'm sure both teams will. Um, it's going to be a difficult task for either of them if, if their team gets relegated from the league because I, I, I do think both teams want to be playing at this level, but it, it has been a difficult camp- yeah. campaign, especially for Offaly. It's a, it was a tricky one, right? You, you, like Antrim, I, I don't think they had like their their strongest side out against Tipperary, obviously because they were already knew they were in that playoff, having lost to Leash. Awfully, probably had a stronger team out because they had a chance of you know putting the All Ireland champions into a relegation playoff, however slim that was. But at the same time, will their confidence be that knocked by taking a beating from the best team in the country? Well, Antrim maybe you know weren't expecting that kind of a defeat, but were probably prepped for defeat from the psychological point of view it's hard to know how last weekend will impact the two of them very very hard I think Ursula is spot on I think the 100% correct in that you know this week would probably be more psychological who can actually lift themselves up I think and again Ursula is correct in that um, Antrim possibly can take more from the campaign they only bet by a goal by Kilkenny early on they ran Waterford close at home. They ran Dublin close at home. You know, um, there was a couple of kind of near misses from their point of view. Now, I think the really, really difficult one that will stick in their craw in a big way is the loss to leash. And they possibly wouldn't have found themselves in this position to begin with. So I suppose if you were to favour one over the other, I think that's where you'd be leaning from my point of view, especially as Ursula has already mentioned there. I mean, some of the some of the beatings that Offaly have taken can't have been good for their morale or for the spirit within the camp and just the fact that they're so far off the pace. I just think it's a conditioning thing. You'd imagine, like, the basic skills of hurling are pretty similar and all counties can do it. It's just like when you start getting up to that really elite level, I mean, you can, and, I, and we saw it a couple of times in a couple of the games that we have seen. It's just physically, they're just not able to cope just yet. But I look, that's, that's a long-term process and it's actually a fixable thing. So from Offaly's perspective, would going back down to Division 2A be the worst thing in the world? I would suggest no, if it means that they're going to be thrown into a bear pit again next year and suffer another five or six absolute hidings. So, you know, look, I think there's, there's an awful lot to kind of take in there. I think from the neutrals perspective, it should be a good contest, but you probably would on the basis of farm lines and performances already registered, just give Antrim the nod ever so slightly on the, on the, on the issue of venue. I know, look, the one thing I would say is I can't understand why Parnell Park, you know, look, it could be the case Dublin County Board weren't in a position to offer it and there may be other games going on there this weekend uh, or they may have had to close Parnell Park. Parnell Park sees a huge amount of usage um, uh, across a multitude of codes, uh, whether it's club or intercounty. So, but it would have seemed the ideal place up the M4, down the M1 in ter- for both teams in a handy spin. Surely yeah. even further away than Navin, though, from the Glens, isn't it? Well, like, it's more away. It's more away pretty yeah. much to the doorstep, you know? Um, so, and I know that Antrim wouldn't have had, would have had less of an issue. Like, your other alternative is, I suppose, to take it up to Newry. Mm. Um, now, uh, are down at home this weekend. That then causes another issue. There's a lot of activity this weekend on the intercounty yeah. scene, and venues are booked out. So, look, Meath are away, obviously. So, maybe that's why they took it down to Navin. Okay, it's a good weekend. There's fewer matches, but it's a quality over quantity issue. I think we'll we'll all agree after last weekend. Ursula, um, enjoy the retirement. If you need a caddy when you're playing in the Irish uh, Ladies Open, let me know because you know, I've, I've I've mapped out your your post retirement career for you now. You just have to you just have to grasp it. <laughs> um, obviously, all the matches this weekend, you'll get commentary on RT's uh, Radio 1 Sunday Sport and Saturday Sport. And we'll have reports, live blogs and all the rest on the RT website and the news app. So you'll keep across them there and uh, we'll chat to you next week. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Rory. Uh, goodbye. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!